A very good morning and welcome back to this week's Arcade and Podcast. Um, back by popular demand is Nick from Oryx Gaming uh, and as always Philip and Christian. So say good morning boys. Morning. Happy to be here. Good morning. Thanks very much. So delighted to have everyone back on, on board. Um, so obviously one of the things that we have been uh, delighted to sort of showcase across Arcadum um, and across our website is our partnership um, with Oryx. So obviously this podcast is all going to be about just a six month partnership, you know, where we've come from, where we are right now, and obviously a, a sneak peek into the future. So I'm going to dive just straight in. Um, so this is to all of you. And again, feel free anybody to sort of chime in and jump in whenever you feel that you want to. So before the partnership started, you know, what were the perceptions of Oryx and Arcadum? Uh, well, I, I can lead into that. Um, so Oryx has been around for, for, for many years, uh, much longer than Arcadum. Uh, always had a good reputation. Uh, I worked with them myself in the past in, in various roles. Um, and uh, we always had a good working relationship. So this is why now Arcadum is working so closely with Oryx, because we feel that um, they were a good fit for, for what we wanted to achieve. And I believe that um, the partnership so far, uh, as we can show now after six months, uh, has just gotten stronger and stronger. No, I agree as well. Um, I used to be Oryx account manager in a, in a previous role. And I also, when I was a casino manager, obviously taking games via Oryx as well. And I always got on well with the guys from Oryx. Nicholas and myself always had a good laugh. And it was just for me a no brainer just to you know, use that partnership we already had to benefit Arcadum and Oryx as well at the same time. So for myself, uh, for myself, um, what I have to say, so I, I knew Philip and, and Christian from before, obviously. So we, we talked a lot about um, Arcadum even, even even before they joined up with, with Oryx and what the vision yeah. was. So, and I, I always admired that vision, especially from Philip, right? So he had a lot of these ideas. Um, that need to be done, game mechanics, innovating stuff. It was for me, it was really impressive. So, the way I saw it was, uh, I saw it as a raw diamond, right, that needed to be shaped. Um, and when we decided to join up, and I think that would be kind of the accurate portrayal of, of the six months, right? So we achieved a lot. We really, really moved from where we started to where we are today. You can see it in the quality of games um, as well, right? Um, but it's what I think we learned and all of us uh, essentially learned is so it's it's very easy to have this all of these cool ideas all of these things you want to change but then when you when you kind of see the constraints when you see the restrictions and the amount of patience it takes takes to get there um, yeah. I, I think this was a big challenge for us early on but I think we're, we're really past that right now we we, we have a very um, uh, I'm not sure uh, constructive would be the proper word here, dialogue, right? Because um, yeah. uh, I, that would implement that we argue, but we have kind of an open dialogue right now where yep. we let ideas float uh, and really, you know, implement them. But we all understand that from what we envision to what we can do right now, there's going to be a small difference. There's always going to be, but it's still, uh, you can still show that it impacts the gear, gear games a lot and it does improve the quality a lot, uh, especially in Starfang, Undying Romance, we'll talk more about that later, but uh, the difference is definitely there. Yeah, yeah I agree with the um, constructiveness as well. It's, um, you know, we, we can have our differences, but it's not like a block or anything like that because we always discuss it. And, and at the end of the day, we have a laugh and, you know, the partnership is growing and growing and growing. So for us, it's never an issue. We just discuss it through and just get it done. You know, that's that's what we're here to do at the end of the day. Cool. So I suppose, Nick, as well, just to, just to take one of the points that you made, right? So obviously, 
you know, when you you obviously knew the guys beforehand, but how does Oryx feel about dealing with sort of a, a, a startup company, which Arcadum was at the time? You know, are there any specific challenges that you as a, as a company and organization face in order to sort of get this from a, a standing start, if you will, um, to the point that where we are now? What, where does that come in in the organization, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the way the way I view it, right, and and the way we view it as well is, um, so you have let's say two paths, right? You have your um, established studios, which have a lot, enjoy a lot of presence, uh, enjoy a lot. They have a lot of games. They have strong portfolios, high brand recognition. But those studios, at one point, kind of get get themselves into a, into a situation where where it's really hard to innovate, right? Okay. So it's you are kind of confined with what you can do within what you've created. So you have your infrastructure set, and it's really hard to deviate outside. So it's really st- in this today's market where it's highly competitive, highly innovative. It's really hard to stay competitive, right? Yeah. Um, and that's why that's why I, I, I place a lot of my focus in, into indie studios such as Arcade and was initially, right? So yeah. somebody who has really these great ideas doesn't have an infrastructure and needs them to set them in place. And I think mm-hmm. that's the way to go. And for me, that's the key difference when we say you can call them indie studios, um, you can call them new studios. I call them opportunities, right? We have yeah. we have more we have more studios lined up. And the the challenge, the main challenge for us is when we have a new studio like Arcadem, so and we pitch it to operators to our clients. There's always this kind of slight pushback where where you're like, yeah, you know, but they're new, they're not proven. Who, they only have I don't know two three games, right? So does it really make sense for us to enable them? They might go yeah. away. They might not be along for long so that's kind of the key challenge um convincing those operators that the stu- to, to to see what you see essentially that there is potential there is growth there is a plan uh they just need to get an opportunity a shot right so just place yeah. them up there and let the games do their thing uh and uh, just to kind of go on a little wider spectrum right it's it's important uh and this is kind of message uh to, to developers out there who, who think about doing uh, their own uh, studio, right? It's important to understand that you will not change the world with the first five games, right? So you need, yeah. you need to really, yeah. you need to be in it for the long game. So you yeah. need to build a brand. It's going to be, there's going to be blood, there's going to be tears. But in the end, it's that's what's going to get you to achieve what you want to achieve. It's not going to be, you're not going to create one game, earn millions, and that's going to be it. It's going to be the long game that will make you successful. Yeah. And is it the relationship as well that you build up? Because, you know, again, to just to one of your earlier points that you, you know, you have that really open relationship with the guys. And again, I've, I've worked with them myself now for almost a year at this stage. And, you know, they are so willing to to take, you know, everything on board, change wherever they need to improve, whatever they need to. And again, I suppose for a new studio such as Arcadium, is it that relationship piece as well that's just as important to Oryx, just as much as it is at you guys helping them with the infrastructure? So I, I think you made a very good point there. So it's um, exactly it's that flexibility that makes them unique, right? So mm-hmm. we can we can discuss. Me and Philip can discuss an idea, a change today, yeah. and it's gonna be implemented next week, right? 
if I dis discuss a change with a major established studio, it's going to take them months to execute, right? And he, that's the key difference, right? The flexibility. So it's really, and it's really then this dialogue, this partnership, which we have, mm -hmm. which is open, right? It's, I'm not going to say we always sit in the room of the snob and everybody agrees, right? No, there's going to be an argument, okay. but there's going to be a, <laughs> there's well, gonna be a resolution. What's, what's important then, for me as well, just to expand upon relationships in general, with Oryx's integrations, um, the amount they have and the amount of flexibility it offers us, myself and Christian can approach uh, some people that we have really good relationships with, such as Bet Construct, for instance, um, that allowed us to get an exclusive game live there for a year. Yeah. Um, so it helped us improve our already established relationship even more. And it also helped us create new relationships, uh, such as Vulcan Vegas and brands associated with them. We were allowed to, you know, give them the Hatter, the Mad Hatter's Tea Party exclusive uh, till June, till its general release. Yeah. So we've allowed, you know, Oryx have allowed us to grow these partnerships from strength to strength to strength, which is beneficial for us because, you know, hey, we only might have three games on general release at Oryx in a minute, but actually we have three more games live on Oryx exclusive just to some casinos until they go general release. Yeah. And it allows us to get, you know, the brand recognition out of there and, and just increase the partnership as a whole that's what's the main thing with a partnership i say you need to have that uh, openness you need, you need to be able to to say what you want to the other partner um and then the willingness to fix any issues as well instead of better yeah awesome okay so where does the mindset come in when we're trying to sort of pitch arcadum you know at such a an important player like oryx it's it's just a roadmap i think because me and Nicholas have been, you know, myself and Nicholas have been speaking for a long time and we have a big roadmap. Nicholas has seen it. Um, so, you know, we always say in that in the podcast and everything, we say we have this big roadmap. Nicholas can vouch that the roadmap is true and it's coming up with the mechanics and, you know, just the unique things that players want to see. And then it's having a dialogue with Vorik saying, look, we have this, you know, really cool mechanic that we think like Panda Poker, for instance, that comes out in June. Can, you know, I will be able to make it on, on your side. Do you have the technology for this or would you be able to assist us with this? And then it's getting your feedback from Oryx, which Nicholas can address on because he loves Panda Poker a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we'll talk about Panda Poker a bit later. So <laughs> I don't want to take it away right now, but uh, yeah, I definitely love that game. <laughs> but I can say also from a commercial point of view here, just, just being partnered with Oryx, it, it has opened a lot of doors um, for us. Uh, myself and Philip, we do have uh, industry connections as before that we have also opened up. But just being partners with a, a big reputable brand like Oryx uh, does um, and helps to open a lot of doors, even though we don't have the the big portfolio of games uh, as of yet, even though we have the roadmap of, of as of yet. <laughs> of how many years uh yeah, four or five forward. years something like that yes. yeah, I, I thought we were on 10 so. years at this stage we're getting there yeah so uh, I'm, I'm a busy man busy. Business, unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> a busy man business. man don't sleep yeah totally. yes <laughs> philip's unicorn usb stick with all the uh, game ideas in the world i don't have no unicorn Christian has some weird fantasy about unicorns, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not even go there. That, this is the wrong yeah. type of podcast for that. <laughs> All right, cool. So again, and, and one other thing again to, 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 to the three of you, right, because I think it's really important that we touch off this as well, because it's really important, I think, for certainly for, for sort of our audience to see sort of where we've come from and how much we've sort of grown in the last six months. So to the three of you, and I'll let each of you sort of take a, a, a crack at this. What sort of growing pains, you know, from both sides that we've been dealing with over the last six um, months? 
for me there was there was two key growing pains for us um, initially obviously we moved IGSs and we went from an IGS we unfortunately weren't happy with to Oryx that was you know fantastic for us and it was just learning to make games on the Oryx platform so you had to kind of start from scratch which is always you know a big learning curve so that's a growing pain which we you know we've got over and the second growing pain I think was uh, how surprised Oryx were that we were like yeah we can make games because the team at Arcadum is fantastic the developers yeah. the, the game artists uh, you know the marketing team everything so as a team we will we're ready to push content and i think we surprised nicholas a little bit initially and, and the rest of the other team were like yeah look we have these games ready now like can we can we get them going um so it's not much of a growing pain it's just i think we were like surprised and uh, we have all these games so <laughs> yeah other than that for me it's again it was just a learning curve once you get over that learning curve it starts to become a really you know seamless process and yeah. as you can see from oryx's q2 roadmap Arcadium's got, I think, four games out of, I think it's like 12 or 14 games on, on the roadmap. So, you know, we can just show that we've, you know, we learned that learning curve and it's like, yeah, here's four games for this, you know, quarter and we're, you know, making kind of a statement with Oryx that, you know, we're here to stay. There's always, uh, when you change uh, technology like this, there's always a little bit of a growing pain in the beginning. Um, then we, myself, I was very um, pushy to Nicholas and his team in the beginning to get our games out there to as many people as possible. Uh, pushy? Which, That's not yeah. you, Christian, at all. That's terrible. No, no, not at all. No. I can't imagine uh, that even but, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, luckily, Nicholas is a man of patience, so he's uh, yes. you know, uh, he uh, put up with my bullshit or BS. Um, <laughs> Uh, and we got it all rolling out to a lot of uh, new clients <laughs> very, very much faster than we we actually expected to. So uh, there's a big thanks to, to Nicholas and his team there, account management team and the sales team at Oryx for making this happen. Awesome. And yourself, no, Nicholas, what sort of sort of growing pains again from, from your side, if you wouldn't mind as well? A big part of the credit goes to Arcadem, right? It's, it's their games, it's their development. Now, what I would particularly kind of CS challenging for us was uh, certifications, right? Initially, so that was that was kind of a topic which um, initially, especially with the first first game, second game, when you mm -hmm. join up, it's it's for the for the lab, it's like a completely new um, new version of the game. They have to check, so it really takes a lot of time, uh, a lot of time. And you know, when when you're not a big brand, when you don't have an established portfolio, having a delay of two three days uh, does cost you a lot, right? So yeah. and. Today we are also in a position where you have um, global operators which release your game, but if you're not ready with certificates um, for, for other markets, they will release it in one market and then, then there will be no re-release for you, right? So you yeah. right off the bat lose a lot of uh, revenue. So I see this um, this kind of a challenge, something that was addressed by Christian and Philip with me and something we are um, now dealing with and, and looking at uh, in very much particular so we, we're sorting it now to a degree that everything will be on time right mm -hmm. yep. uh, but it does i do have to say it does take a lot of uh, coordination it does take a lot of um, again patience which you have to have with with everything and just putting the process together um, is quite complicated so i would say that was one of one of the pressure points initially especially in the first three months but now yeah. i think we're kind of heading towards smooth sailing mm -hmm. uh, which is which is really good apart from that you know we had we had situations uh, like we like we talked about before right it was really hard really hard to push um, the initial two games there was a lot of you know operators didn't really um didn't really um just take them right right off the bat 
um, and we had a we. I, I think it's timing, right? The first game we did, Evil Elf, was released yep. in December, which is a very bloated month for game releases and re-releases, which is another problem. So we had we had a lot of challenges with with the first game, but then when we moved to the next game and then each consecutive one, we added more and more operations. The network started growing. Today we can say. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Feeling I would say it was what around 15 operators, uh, which does translate to 60 websites, right? And growing. Um, I think growing. it's a little bit more than that because um, our partners at Bet Construct and uh, Vulcan Vegas and their brands as well. You know they've got quite a lot of brands as well, and so we're getting a lot of visibility on them. So when you consider them and some of the newer people that we're going live with, I think Avento and Sosuis, um are really good kind of platforms to get live with as well. You know it's going to start snowballing from there and then we have i think if we look at kind of well-known brands just for casinos hero gaming and video slots so some of our you know really key you know key customers and come on group i think went live with staffing which is really nice mm. um so we're just it's, as nicholas said with every single game it's just growing and growing and growing and, and the games are getting you know better because we learn lessons you know including animation um a full full animation into the games and obviously symbols are, are starting to get animated and you know with the music and the stories and the mechanics it's just starting to come together real nice absolutely and, and that's that's part of that you know initial growing pain which you see right um but we had we had weeks where we didn't launch anything right and it was really very troublesome it's yep. really problematic and you you want to do something but at the same time you can't right what will you do well <laughs> Uh, but yeah. then, uh, then when we started to kind of gain that initial presence, once we kind of hit that five operators benchmark from there, we just started growing. Right? We uh, we start we add I would say one to two operators weekly right now. So I mean we have momentum, we're growing, so it's going in the right direction definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and and like Philip said, right, we also learned uh, to listen uh, and to to kind of adjust what needed to be adjusted to, to you know please the operator and and in the end the players right it's what you yeah. want to do it's where you want to be um, you know high end and that communication is important because when we speak about some of the mechanics that are coming it's we you know that dialogue has to be there because we speak to oryx like um, undying romance is a really good example because the way is changing that game so it goes from 243 ways to uh, 1024 ways if the player wants to uh, they can click the extra bet button it doubles the stake there's a really cool effect on uh, mobile with smoke and it's on desktop as well but it just looks so nice in mobile and that is you know that's a kind of new mechanic that's not really seen a lot in the industry so you have to have extra time to figure out how we can do this mechanic together make it look seamless make it look really nice and i think from what i see of the game personally even though you know it's one of our games i'm very biased it looks really nice i think it's one of our best looking games so far and um, nicholas has a bit of a less biased attitude uh, we'll see what he says <laughs> <laughs> no i like them i like uh, i like the the new one especially so starting with starfang you can see right you can see the that there is a lot more detail into that game right a lot yeah. of a lot more attention to to small little things right you, you maybe if you just opened the game for the first time and that was the first game you opened you wouldn't notice it right but if you if you look at how the brands develop uh, uh, how, how it grew right you, you do notice those small uh, details and you do understand that they make a difference right for yeah in, in terms of how many players we pull on the game and it also shown so shows in in the stats for instance where we were with our first game compared to where we are today um in terms of, of players and performance so uh, it, so it's those small small changes and small differences that make a big difference in terms of what type uh, what uh, what amount of players you will get yeah 
And is that from our side as well, Philip and Christian? The, the, those small details, those those finer key points that we're that always we're always looking to improve and we're always looking to to make better and tweak it. Has that changed potentially then because of this relationship with Oryx, How that's actually changed us? How we create our games going forward now as well. So I'll let Christian tackle it from uh, the commercial side as as he's an expert on it, and I'll tackle it from a you know a games development and you know artwork kind of perspective. Yes, well, from a commercial point of view, so when you go to, to an operator or a new client or, or try to sell anything, it's people want to see something new, something innovative, something, some new mechanic that uh, they haven't seen before. Yep. And they always look very closely at the graphics and so forth. Um, so it, it, it can be a hit and a miss with new mechanics, uh, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you live and you learn from this, that's why we always welcome feedback. Um, but these new mechanics that have not been seen before, um, there's examples of mechanics coming out a few years back that are still going quite strong. Um, so sometimes when you hit that right um, combination of, of graphics, sound and the mechanic, when you find that winning combination, and I'm sure that's uh, where Philip comes into the picture, it helps a lot f- from a commercial aspect when you approach the customer because they get more engaged. They, they feel more like, oh, wow, this will stand out. This is something we can be proud of to put up. Um, high on our, our players or and, and so forth. It's it, they need to feel as well that they feel comfortable with the product. Yep. So that's the main thing for us from a commercial point. Um, okay. So just from a development and kind of game art standpoint. So the team we have at Arcadum, they are fantastic. Um, the development team, uh, I've never seen devs work so fast in my life and so good. Uh, those guys are, are really good, and you can see this in undying moments because the programming in the particle effects of the smoke and it, it looks really seamless and it's such a nice way, way it changes and also with the background moving that's that's when the artists and the game you know developers team up and make some really nice animation in the background however you can't just think about the game you're currently making you have to think about the games that are coming mm-hmm. and the way we work is so starfang that's a test the game for us in terms of the animation we wanted to make sure we you know had the perfect animation in this game that works it does fantastic then in undying romance we wanted to test okay now we'll test an animated background we'll see if that you know we can get that perfect great we smashed it there and then when we step into a game uh, come july which is q3 so we have neon knights coming out at the start of july and we have flashback heroes coming out at the end of july both these games feature animated backgrounds and animated symbols and have introduction animations as well to the games. So it's kind of like taking all those lessons you've learned in these initial games, even though they're very good in their own right, and then come, you know, bringing them all together in the rest of the games moving forward. And those games are gonna are gonna look really nice. The artists that we have, wow, these guys are just amazing. I mean, from Merlin, which comes out in April, we have we're starting to introduce Easter eggs into the background, which is hilarious because it's every time one of the artists has a background now for a game or like a character. You're just looking for these Easter eggs just to see where they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Easter egg in, in Merlin is quite, you might not see it, but it's, it's hinting at one of the games that comes out, which is Undying Romance in, um, in May. And with that as well, uh, Undying Romance, 
you know, it doesn't have any Easter eggs. But when you step into the games after Undying Romance, you know, some of the characters will have tattoos of other characters from other games. And in the background, you'll see advertisement boards for, for games that are coming or, you know, have been previously. So now we're starting to introduce this like fun element into the games as well. Easter eggs, which are hinting at games past, present and future, which is for me is fantastic because every single time you see something, you're like, wait. And then in one of the backgrounds, I think I think for Neon Knights, Kristen, there's like, what, seven or eight Easter eggs in that background alone? Yeah, it, it took a long time to find them all. But we're not going to tell. Yeah. yeah, but there is a lot, a lot of Easter eggs. <laughs> and then when you look at the mechanics, so I, I design the mechanics, and I'd always discuss with the team. And the mechanics that I think are going to be stand out from the rest of the year, I'm not too sure if Christian or Nicholas will disagree. Um, is we have Undying Romance. It's a very nice mechanic. Panda Poker. That's a very unique table game. I don't think there's anything else out there on the market like Panda Poker. Um, Flashback Heroes is going to be really nice. Um, the game looks fantastic. It's got four in-game features, four bonus rounds, you know, bonus buys. It's packed full of, if you want features, that's the game for you. And then we step into games later on, um, the Demon Academy, which is a, has a very interesting mechanic, which changes at an interval. Um, things will change, the game will change itself physically. And then we have the Armory and the Gunpowder slot, which come uh, end of Q3 and end of Q4, which are really going to be really cool mechanics as well. So definitely, you know, look out for them. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this sort of next question at, at you, Nick. To be fair, um, you know you can be as non-biased as you like, or you can be really biased because you're on the arcade and podcast. It's entirely up to you, mate. Um, but how does? I don't know where you live, Nicholas? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be careful with those answers. Uh, so how does Arcadem stand out to sort of other game providers and you know that you guys use and, and deal with right now, just based on the last six months? Yeah, so I have to be positive, right? So I yeah, no still have to work. I still have to work with this guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But jokes aside, I mean, how it stands out. So it's it's positioning uh, itself to be. Uh, it's really hard to say. Uh, Arcadem has um, uh, uh, let's say home market at the moment, which is good, right? It's it's global. It's uh, I, I would say generic, but that would wouldn't do the product justice. So I would say generic in a sense that it can be applied on on multiple markets. Um, but um, for me, so it tends, so the games, if you look at the games, the games tend to be uh, mid to high volatility, tending to, uh, to be on the higher end of, of that chart, um, which, is, which is good, especially for when you talk about markets like Sweden, Romania, Croatia, uh, stuff like that, right? So mm -hmm. for us right now, it's going to be, uh, so we've established our presence in the MGA covered markets uh, and we are starting to see traction with operators, for instance, um, that uh, also have German, uh, German traffic, other traffic um, that is uh, that is happening on MGA. So, uh, and we have quite a, a diverse crowd of players, right? So the next goal for us is to uh, start dabbling with uh, with the regulated markets, like I mentioned. So Sweden is gonna be is gonna be a big one once we hit that. The game should be doing very well uh, since they have this um, higher volatility. But you can also make when you talk about Sweden, you can also make the case that um, lower volatility games are preferred, right? Right. It's a mixture. I think I think still uh, Sweden and just Nordics in general do like high uh, volatility game, uh, for high volatility games if you equip them with the proper um, with proper um, let's say animations with the proper art style uh, and just with incentives for them to play, which Arcadem has. Arcadem does feature uh, certain collection mechanics 
which substitute for the fact that there is no bonuses in the market. So they keep the player engaged within the game, which I think yeah. is a, a trade. In Romania and Croatia, we know, right, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a market that was uh, mostly kind of from, from the land-based side, um, knows those land-based high volatility machines, Matic, Nomatic, stuff like that. Uh, so the players know and love that. So they also love the sound. And uh, when the real stop, I mean, so it's like pim, 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 pim. Uh, it's kind of stops consequently. And Arcadem can cater to that uh, demand as well, right? Uh, and with, mixed with its high volatility, I think it's in a good position to gain, uh, initially gain a share of that market. Uh, so this is now Romania, Croatia. Um, and uh, then establish its position, maybe even go for, for to be among the top five, right? depending on how we develop our portfolio. So when I say right now we have uh, so released, I think uh, officially released three games, two in uh, two in three release phases, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we have three in pre-release now. So we have Immortal Dow, Merlin and the Hato. Uh, that were in pre-release releases right. and three are officially out right yes out. Uh, yeah. okay so uh now it's it's really hard to say based on just these three officially out games which uh, what would be um, how they would stand out against the crown but you can see that they have their their own art style you can see that they have their own storytelling they have they just do their own thing in a sense now how this will be perceived by the global markets is yet to be seen but for what we see right now in the numbers in just general mg numbers um, we we do see that there's traction we do see the players return to the games uh, now with once we start opening up regulated markets it's going to be interesting to see where we make the biggest impact uh, i think and- evil elf was the most surprising game because that game is still doing numbers and it's you know nearly april now uh yeah. <laughs> which is which is hilarious um it's great don't get me wrong i'm just like wow christmas games still performing in, in april fantastic um but as just what off nicholas said there now we have pretty much a game every single month now um in july uh june and july we have two games in those months and in october we have two games as well so it's you know we're gonna have the portfolio by the end of the year to you know assist oryx in pushing the content because you know there's gonna be like 10 12 games in that portfolio and uh, yeah, to Philip's point, right? In uh, if we sit down in six months, eight months to do another podcast, perhaps uh, I think we're gonna have much more uh, yep. tailored answers to which markets we are doing very well in, yeah, totally. and which markets we might not be so great in, right? Yeah, totally agree. And as well, when when we think about you know in the future, as Nicholas mentioned, uh, um, we have a promotion you know running from the sixth to the twelfth. Um, in joint with Oryx on Starfang, a network promotion, which is that there's only one Starfang, which is a really nice promotion name. We had a really cool banner for it, and you know, casinos can op- uh, opt in and get you know free spins for their players when they when they play on Starfang. And then in October, we're sort of at the minute building a promotion for two games, so Undying Romance and Eternal Night. Um, so we'll be doing a promotion around them in October with Oryx. Uh, we're just refining the details, but you know, we have this opportunity with Oryx to do these network offers, you know, free spin tournaments, uh, leaderboards, missions, all these things allow us to help push our content, but also, you know, give players a bit back. So, you know, if you play our games, it's like, you know, you could get free spins or you could be in this leaderboard tournament for a cash prize or, you know, something like that. So it's always good to have that to hand, which Oryx, you know, allow us to do and, you know, have the ability to do with Oryx because they have it built into their, you know, uh, framework. 
uh, we couldn't do that previously. So having this, you know, with Oryx is fantastic. So I, I will jump in and, and take uh, this opportunity to, you know, do some product placement. Uh, <laughs> Someone's wearing I was wondering when he was going to do it. I was wondering when he was going to do it. Uh, yeah, so the, well, what Philip is referring to is, uh, so we have, we developed uh, something, so it's called, um, a very long name, uh, might seem uh, a bit, I'm, I'm sure we could use something more uh, on point, but it's in-game real-time leaderboards. And it, what you hear is essentially what you what you get, right? Leaderboards, uh, much smoother title. <laughs> <laughs> so le so these leaderboards can be applied on one single operator or on an entire network. So we can have, uh, you know, multiple operators participating from, from, from um, uh, in the same promotion sharing a leaderboard, right? So the players can see how they compare against other players. So you can do a network type price, which can be of course higher because you have so much more participants. So you can really, you know, make it attractive. Um, and uh, the, the leaderboards have really proven to be one of the one of the really best products from Oryx so far. We're, we, we have a pretty engaging uh, product roadmap, so I, I will not be discussing that one just yet, but just be assured. In six months' time, though, more product <laughs> placements are going, guys. We'll tell more, everybody. Yeah. Prepare for some product placements. Uh, yeah. But it, it's really, you know, it really gives us the ability to to push the games on, on a network scale, which I think is particularly important for, um, for new studios, so you can kind of use some of the money you gain to reinvest it into the market but not just on, on an individual level because it's, money is really tight initially but on a network level where you get so much more value out, out of your leaderboard so or if you us you kidnap nicholas and you be like look free give it me for free <laughs> kidnap your well kidnap your give it me for free uh, but no jokes aside it is a really good incentive for us um you know we have the flexibility like we're already planning to do something with Eternal Night and Undying Romance in October for Halloween because, you know, who doesn't love Halloween? Free candy, free spins. <laughs> Not the same thing, right? Um, so, no, again, jokes aside, it is really good for us and it allows us to, because when we're developing games, we also think of these mechanics that we can use um, on, as extra, you know, jackpots or tournaments or leaderboards or missions or free spins, whatever. You know, it allows us to add flexibility to the mechanics. We'd be like, oh, Starfine, great collection mechanic. Oh, leaderboard collect x y and z scatters and you'll progress in the leaderboard so you know it allows us that flexibility and it's it's really cool and oryx um it's really seamless to be fair to them it's, it's really good um for me when i used to run um, for myself when i used to run casinos it was easier to you know use the easier it is for you to do a promotion right and yeah. there were certain providers that you would avoid just because it was so hard to plan promotions on them. Um, you'd have to mainly credit free spins and you have to get a list of like 50,000 players and it just takes forever. So when it's really seamless, not from just our side, but the casino side, it just makes it uh, you know better for everyone else. Oh, awesome. So final question then to, uh, to everybody without sort of giving away the kitchen sink, but what does the future hold for the sort of partnership over the next six months? Lots of games. Oh yes, 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 yes. Lots of games, uh, lots, lots of, of games and product placement. But other than product placement and lots of games, what else? <laughs> what else? Of, uh, 
A lot of calls, a lot of uh, feedback calls. Um, no, no, uh, to, to be honest, I, th I think um, the, the, the future for KDM and Oryx, uh, the partnership here, yep. is going to be a very fruitful one. Um, I will see, uh, hopefully, we will see Niklas again in six months on one of these podcasts where he can do more product placements and we can celebrate, maybe even open. I know this is a morning show, but uh, <laughs> uh, we can open a bottle of champagne, maybe. And we'll drink it in well. Well, hopefully, in six months, one, we'll be back working in an office environment which would be fantastic oh, man, my um, that would be amazing um yeah. and for me as well in the next six months some of our you know key games this year come out so you know we've mentioned on dying romance we've mentioned red panda book or flashback heroes comes out in july then we have the armory in september and we have demon academy which is going to be a trademark game because it's a you know a quite interesting mechanic on that and that comes out in august as well and then we have the gunpowder slot at the end of the year so we have a lot of cool uh, mechanics coming so for me in the next six months some of our biggest you know titles are coming this year and it's going to be interesting to see how they perform overall and how they grow on oryx and i know nicholas literally cannot stop thinking about rock panda poker so, you know. so yeah no i mean i i have to do it right uh, you know we said no product placement but uh, here we are so what what i'm really looking forward uh, so of the next election so there there are a couple of cool games coming and dying romance i saw i think it's great um, I think it's gonna do very well. But uh, what I'm what I'm really looking forward to is uh, is Red Panda Poker for for Kada. Uh, another reason you would think, right? But it's so Philip used to used to work uh, in his previous role uh, more with table and card games rather than slots, right? So if we can do what we're doing with slots, what can he do when he's uh, in his home environment, right? When he's yep. somewhere he feels comfortable, right? So that's why that's why I would really like to point that one out. Uh, I believe uh, there's even going to be a website for that game. Uh, yes. So we'll, um, I'm sure there's going to be more info on that soon. But for me, I'm just my my kind of message to operators would be uh, you know take the games while works you don't have anything to lose you can add the games anytime uh, most likely they're already supported for you uh, and do keep an eye out for red panda poker i think it's going to be a flagship game for arcadem uh, and it's going to be very different from from what yeah. you see it's um it's not your standard table game because you know, people release a blackjack or a roulette or a free card poker or whatever, and it's the same game no matter what you look, it just looks different. Um, but Red Panda Poker it is its own card game in its own right that's not been out before. And also, it's not the first game in the Red Panda series. You know, we're going to have a lot of Red Panda games that are, are going to be different from any table game that you've seen before because, you know, there's a gets to a point where you need to reinvent the wheel. And for instance, speaking of wheels, the evolution you know, they came out with the wheel and it was fantastic when it came, uh, you know, because my experience is, you know, mainly live casino and those guys, they smashed it. And when you bring out something that's correct for the market and it's innovative, it will really perform. So, you know, there is a time when you do have to reinvent the wheel, but you have to be careful how you do it because, you know, blackjack, roulette, card games, that you know, treasured by some players. So you can do something really out there. It's going to be interesting to see how it, how it happens because I think a table game player and a roulette player is going to be all over Red Panda Poker, even though it's a card game. So I can't yeah. wait to see it go live. And it's looking really nice so far. Um, we're currently in, I think, alpha stage at the minute of the game and it's, it's out in June. So it's, it's looking really nice. Uh, I get, give Nicholas a little bit of a tease the other day. I was like, oh, look at this game. Um, but it's, it's actually progressed a lot since Nicholas I saw it as well because it's just going leaps and bounds by every day. And if players who love volatility, volatility who love side bets, who love cards, who love roulette, are going to love Panda Poker. Mm, I agree. Awesome. Um, 
Okay. And you do see, you know, you do see a lot of demand for poker in the, in the markets as well. You see, you know, it's a, it's a very limited market. So any game like that, uh, I think is kind of scheduled for success, so to speak. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, gentlemen, as always, uh, a true pleasure. Uh, thanks very much, Nick, for your time as well and jumping on. Uh, great to catch up with you again. Um, hopefully, in six months' time, you know you do come back with a uh, you know three or four bottles of champagne and tons more product <laughs> placements for you. Uh, and we'll be more than happy to to share them all and, and jump on a podcast with you. So thanks, Emil. Thanks for your time as well this morning, gentlemen. Look after yourselves, and we'll so speak much, to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank all. you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.